Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. All right. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Takeoff Podcast with John Clark, presented by Live Casino Hotel Philadelphia. Philly's coming off the World Series appearance, and there's lots of rumblings out there at the GM meetings in Vegas, right? You're in Vegas. John Morosi joining us right now. John, of course, you're with MLB Network, Peacock, NBC Sports. You're part of the family. Philadelphia is loving what you're hearing out there about Trey Turner. John, uh, it's my pleasure to be speaking about uh, Phillies baseball with you. And just what an exciting year it's been. First of all, I just want to compliment the Phillies fans on, on the extraordinary support that we saw all around the country during the course of the postseason. My goodness, just uh, you could tell that electricity through the television set all all month long. So it just one of my favorite ballparks and favorite city. So I was just thrilled for everybody there. But yeah, to your point, uh, it's, it's not done yet. There's a lot of excitement still to come. And I, I really think that the Phillies and Trey Turner are an ideal fit for a lot of different reasons. Let's start with a the, the versatility of Bryson Stott as a young player. Uh, we, we've seen just what a professional young player he is and and that he would be someone who would, I think, just based on his character, be comfortable moving to second base if that were to be the, the best way for the Phillies to get better and to bring Trey Turner in. That's number one. Number two is we know the relationship that Trey has with Bryce Harper. They've been friends going back to their time with the Nationals. I think that would be a, a key aspect of all this, that, that Bryce Harper could really advocate strongly in both ways to tell Trey, hey, this is the place that you want to play, and to tell ownership this is the kind of player that we need, it's a really nice fit from that respect. And I think also from Trey's perspective, of course, he's a Florida native. He'd be able to have spring training uh, close to home uh, in Clearwater and then play in the National League East where he knows he has a high degree of comfort already. So for a lot of reasons, John, this is a, a deal that makes a ton of sense. Dave Dombrowski has acknowledged an interest in, in, in at least generally speaking, looking at that shortstop market and from that standpoint, I don't think there's a better fit right now than Trey Turner to the Phillies. And you are right there in the lobby out there where it all goes down. Are you hearing from other people, industry people, that the Phillies and Trey Turner are the most likely match? It's certainly been one of the more likely scenarios that's been linked together. Now, certainly we're still in the early days uh, as we speak here shortly before the the actual opening of free agency. You're not fully able to speak contract terms with an outside player until uh, a couple hours from when we're speaking at this moment. So by definition, there's nothing close or imminent that we can speak of. However, I think a lot of people around the industry see this as a very natural pairing. Uh, if, if Trey Turner were to sign with the Phillies, it would be met with a lot of nods of approval that say, yes, this makes a lot of sense. Uh, you look around and I'm not sure that Carlos Correa fits this team quite as well as Turner does. I'm not sure that Bogarts fits this team quite as well as Turner does. And, and Dansby Swanson, I think a lot of us believe he'll eventually go back to the Atlanta Braves where, where they don't want to uh, 
uh, have a repeat of what happened with, with Freddie Freeman last year where he ended up leaving and it was a very discordant moment for the game and for the, the Atlanta Braves. So for all those reasons, I, I do think Turner to the Phillies makes the most sense. Now I'll, I'll caution by saying I think the Giants are interested. I think the Mariners are interested in Trey as well. It's going to be a very competitive bidding process to get him. But I think that the Phillies are the team that truly, as we speak today, even more so than the Dodgers, makes the most sense for Trey Turner. And Trey Turner was college roommates with Carlos Rodon. He tried to recruit him. I'm not trying to put it all out there, but do you think the Phillies also have interest in Carlos? It's a great, great point, John. I, I do think the Phillies adding some starting pitching is, is a possibility. But I, I think that to add both of them would be a significant lift financially. Now, we've seen the Phillies invest a lot in, in free agency and feel comfortable doing so, whether it's Harper, Castellanos, Wheeler, Schwarber. Uh, but I think there is a limit if you add Turner to that conversation. I, I, I would honestly look at potentially adding in one more layer to the bullpen uh, because we saw how much success the Phillies had. But we know, of course, Robertson is not there for the long term necessarily. Eflin declined his option. He's a free agent now. So as, as well as Alvarado and Dominguez pitched, I would look to add one more late inning reliever to just shore up that part of your club before necessarily spending a bunch on Rodon. And it's make no mistake, it's going to be a very, very expensive player uh, just given the amount of teams that really need a starting pitcher. And I think with the Phillies right now, They've got to feel really good about their top three, not just their top two. Uh, but with Wheeler, Nola, and Suarez, I, I think that the way that he pitched, the way Ranger really emerged, they've got to feel great about their top three. And so they, they can be a little more choosy about who they add to the rotation after that. Yeah, you make a good point. And Dave Dombrowski has openly talked about maybe bringing up one of their young guys, maybe for that fourth spot like Andrew Painter. So maybe you're thinking that they would like maybe a bullpen piece or two, especially how prevalent the bullpens are in the playoffs, huh? I, I think they really would be, John. I think that that to me is is a more natural place to focus. Or I'll say this, a pitcher who is an adaptable arm, I'll mention Ross Stripling's name. I think Ross Stripling is one of the most valuable free agents out there that people aren't talking about. He saved the Blue Jays staff in 2022, just as he had done for the Dodgers in, in years previous to that. Being available being adaptable starter reliever is an, an extraordinarily valuable skill and Ross Stripling has it. And I would expect the Phillies to be among the many teams who look at Stripling and like what he brings from the standpoint of his adaptability. Hey, correctly, if I'm wrong about the finances, I believe the Phillies payroll was around $243 million last year and it possibly could grow this year. Do you think when John Middleton sees how far this team went, Dave Dombrowski's all in, you're not bringing Dave Dombrowski in unless you're all in. Do you think they possibly could get up into that stratosphere of the Dodgers and Mets the way they spend? I think it's possible. Uh, and certainly based on the track record of John Middleton being willing to spend and his commitment to, to the fans and to the organization, it would not surprise me. We, we've seen the Phillies in the past, go up to that level back in their previous World Series years. As you know, they were a team that went out there and went the extra mile to bring back Cliff Lee. It feels like it's a lifetime ago to say that, but that was that was a, a big move at the time uh, to construct that rotation uh, with Roy Halladay as well. So uh, we have seen uh, with some of the same decision makers at the ownership level uh, want to, to really be the driving force to be one of the biggest spenders in the game. So, John, from where I sit, 
uh, the, the luxury tax threshold from my observations of John Middleton in the past and Dave Dombrowski as well. I don't think that's a, that's a hard cap at all. And for the right player in the right situation, and I think Trey Turner might be that right player in the right situation, I think we could see the Phillies move past that. And I've seen John Middleton sign some baseballs for some Phillies fans by saying Bryce Harper is not stupid money. So he means business. Um, how about when you look at the lineup, if you're able to get a Trey Turner at the top of the lineup, one of the fastest players in baseball, he's got it all for a leadoff guy. How does that put everything else right in the lineup with Schwarber, Castellanos and all those guys? That's a great question. Uh, I think, John, uh, it would it would present Rob Thompson with a number of different options that you could potentially keep Schwarber leading off if you wanted to, and then have Turner bat second. Of course, he batted second a lot after Mookie in, in LA. That was That's always been an option for Trey. He's also had a lot of experience leading off. So I, I see Trey as being probably a one or a two uh, hitter in this lineup, just based on the three, four, five you could have. You bump Reese down a spot. Uh, obviously, you have Bryce, you have Castellanos. There's a lot of significant bats there, and, and there's enough of a of a potent middle part of the lineup, John, that I, I would say that I'd want Turner to bat one or two. And then you just sort of think about the one the one argument to have Trey batting ahead of Schwarber, even though Schwarber is more athletic than people think, is is you would have a better chance of of Trey scoring from first on a double by Schwarber than the other way around. And and also if you have Trey leading off, it probably helps Schwarber see more fastballs, which is what you want. So I, I do think for that reason, having Turner one, Schwarber two is probably the way you would do it. But there's also a, a certain logic to having Trey bat second because of just how adaptable and, and powerful he is. He, he's a run producer and a run scorer and a run stopper. He does it all. And I just I think that Trey with the Phillies, you've kind of got my mind going and my gears turning here, John, about just how great of a fit he'd be for the, for the Phillies. Well, yeah, and you've got everybody in Philadelphia fired up with your reporting and what you're hearing there in the <laughs> lobby. Uh, Reese Hoskins, he's an interesting guy because, you know, I've seen the statistics since he's come into baseball, home runs and RBIs. I think he's like top 15 or something like that in baseball with those numbers. A lot of Phillies fans have been upset with his defense. Some of them are saying maybe you trade Reese Hoskins. What do you think is on the radar for Reese's future in Philly? You know, John, it's a fair question. I, I'd be surprised if he was traded. I really would be. I, I think he's too much of a core player. And for me, you look at the big picture here. When you bring in a lot of players from elsewhere, uh, whether it's Bryce or Schwarber or Castellanos or Trey, if they go that route, even Zach Wheeler, it's important to have that homegrown position player to be the, the true north of your team. And and the way that Hoskins carries himself, the way he's grown up in the organization, I get it. He's not a perfect player. He's He can be streaky. He can strike out. I get it. But uh, you look at what the Cubs lost when they let Anthony Rizzo go and traded him, of course. I, I, I think Reese brings a lot of the same qualities that Anthony brings as a person. And so I'd be really reluctant to move on from him. He's not a perfect player. I get that. He, he'd probably be the first to admit that, too. But he's a really important player and a great citizen for that clubhouse. Yeah, and we talked about Bryce Harper, the recruiter. He kind of pushed John Middleton and Dave Dombrowski last year with Schwarber and Castellanos. I'm sure he's doing the same with Trey Turner. What do you think will be the outcome with his elbow? Uh, if he's going to have to have surgery, uh, would it be kind of what Reese had? Or are we possibly looking at Tommy John? 
You know, it's a great question, John. I think the Phillies will know more on Monday. He's going to see Dr. Neil Elitrash uh, on Monday. He was an expert in, in that area. He, Dr. Neil Elitrash is, is basically the, the foremost leading authority on elbows, whether you're a position player, pitcher in baseball today. So they'll get a lot of great information there. It's hard to prejudge what the possible outcomes are, except for to say this, that if, if you're a Phillies fan and if you hear the words Tommy John surgery, to not be terribly alarmed. First of all, we saw what he did in October on a bad elbow, A, and B, Tommy John surgery, if it's needed, and it's a big if, we don't know, but if it's needed for a position player, it's not the same distance of recovery time that you would see for a a starting pitcher or even a reliever. It's a much shorter time horizon. So I would still say that even if Bryce needs Tommy John, that you would still look to have him back and being himself sometime in the early months of 2023. I'm not going to be able to say, hey, opening day for sure, mark him down. But I I think you'll be able to to have him available to you early on in the 2023 season. And you've seen Otani. I mean, the way he's come back and and be able to hit. Yeah. Hey, I know know we uh, caught up with each other in the press box when you came in uh, for a visit with the Phillies and Peacock. Did a great job with that. And I know you talked to some of the players at that moment. If somebody were to say the Phillies are going to go to game six of the World Series, what would you have said? I would have been surprised, John. And I saw the Phillies, I think, twice this past season. I saw once uh, meeting with Joe Girardi in the manager's office and once meeting with Rob Thompson. So I saw him in two different moments. Uh, I think I saw him against the Mets and the Braves. So it would have been a huge surprise, obviously, especially during during the, the strugglings uh, that they had early on in the season. But for me, it, it was a great demonstration of Rob Thompson's leadership. I'm I'm happy for him. He he is a first-class person, as you know, someone who's really done the right things in the game for a long time and finally got his chance. So I, I said for a long time, you know, I'm I'm familiar with his hometown in, in Ontario being from Michigan. And so I said for a while, Justin Bieber was knocked out of the top spot as the, the number one person from Stratford. It's it went Rob Thompson. Peter Mansbridge, who was the eminent voice of the CBC News for a long time and is a great man. So I, I, I would say power ranking still now. I go Rob Thompson one, Peter Mansbridge, only because he's retired, because Peter's the voice, the best. And then and then probably the Beebs is third. So that, that tells you how I feel about how strong I feel about Rob Thompson's work and, and Mr. Mansbridge, too. And hey, I got respect for the Beebs as well. But right now, you got to go Rob Thompson in the top spot. And I think the way that Rob just brought that group together was extraordinary work for him. And it really bodes well for the Phillies' future as well. Yeah, that's great, by the way. I mean, knocking hockey players off the list there in Canada, that's amazing. And he was the first, what, manager from Canada to go to a World Series. That's pretty special. Really, really is. And so I think you'll probably see um, maybe that sign outside of uh, Stratford, Ontario, saying home of not just the Beebs, but Rob Thompson, uh, first ever Canadian-born manager in the World Series. <laughs> um, you got a chance to talk to Nick Castellanos and some of the Phillies. I know Nick maybe had a little adjustment period with Philadelphia. Um, this experience with all of these free agents who kind of came together with the Phillies and then how much they bonded in the playoffs. It's amazing to me looking at that clubhouse, just how much they bonded and came closer together during the playoff run. How much do you think that experience they had in the biggest moments of the World Series will carry into next year, now having that under their belt as a team? Nick's an emotional guy. You know, I've known him since he was a rookie in Detroit, uh, so I, I go pretty far back with him. Um, he's someone that has always 
been at his best, been at his most intense when the stakes around him are the highest and when there is a lot of buy-in from his teammates. When he's been on on bad teams or teams that are struggling, you can sort of tell that he's not having the most fun. And you get that. I, I always admire that in a competitor to, to not he, – he's going to tell you how he's feeling. If he's, if he's upset about the current state of the team, he'll tell you. I've always liked that about him. He, he's honest. And so for me, I could tell just in his body language as the year went along how engaged he was. And, and he even shared with Ken Rosenthal later on in the, in the playoffs about how, you know, how focused he felt and, and how his, his focus maybe drifted at times in the regular season on the defensive side of the ball. But we saw he made a game-saving catch. You know, I, I talked about this a lot during the World Series. If he doesn't make that catch in game one, the Astros probably celebrate in game five at the bank, but that's, that's how dominant the Astros were after that. So uh, I really think that, that Nick and his commitment level is only going to get higher. And, and when he's surrounded by great players, the same way that he was when he first arrived at the Tigers, that was Cabrera and Verlander and JD Martinez, Scherzer, that generation, a lot of really alpha competitors. And I think that's going to bring out the best in Nick. And there's nothing that to me sets the stage for, for winning like that shared playoff experience and, and showing the likes of Bohm, showing the likes of Stott uh, as a young player, what it means to be around winning. Yeah. And I'll tell you, Kyle Schwarber is one of the best leaders I have personally seen with the way he's rubbed off on his teammates. When you look at this off season, you know, we're hearing word Jacob deGrom may want to go to Texas and things like that. Do you think the Phillies can win out in this off season over the Mets? They could. And the Mets, it's a really interesting point, John, because if, if the Mets lose to Grom, do they pivot and suddenly get heavily involved in the judge market? You know, there's been mixed reviews here about the chances of judge going across town in New York. I still wouldn't think it's terribly likely, but if they lose to Grom and Nimmo, who I think is an underrated, really good player, where does that leave them? You know, Nimmo's an outfielder they would still have some room out there depending on how they want to use McNeil and allocate some different players in the outfield spots. So John to me is as, as much of a remote possibility as it might seem for judge to cross town. We know Steve Cohen is not afraid to spend much like John Middleton. So that this is good for baseball. This is good for those great passionate fans in the Northeast corridor. I love it. I, I love the Mets Phillies rivalry. I love how, amped the fans get on either side of it and how how much back and forth there is and how many different places of business between philly and new york have phillies fans and mets fans side by side and how that passion comes out i love that and so for me i i'm going to be really excited to see how this all unfolds and if if the mets lose out again on a couple different players if they leave you're right phillies fans will probably rejoice but if number 99 comes into flushing that could be a problem Final question for you. When you saw Citizens Bank Park rocking like it was during the postseason, everybody from around the country is watching that. And was that almost a showcase to a guy like Trey Turner, some other guys like, wow, this is what it can be like, one of the best atmospheres in all of baseball? It has to be. It has to be. You know, winning winning is the best marketing that exists in professional sports. And I, we've shared this before. I mean, I'm from Michigan. And there was a period of time where, whether it was Tory Hunter or Joe Nathan, there were some veteran free agents, Victor Martinez, who decided to sign in Detroit. You know, it may not have been their first choice based on our, our great weather, but 
it was the winning that brought them in and the atmosphere and, and the quality of the team. Philly is the same thing. And, and as you know very well, 10 years ago, Philly was the place that people wanted to sign. That's why Roy Halladay went there. It's why Roy Oswald went there. It's why Cliff Lee went there. This was the place that people wanted to be. Papelbon, same thing. So I, I look at Philadelphia as it's, it's one of the great organizations in professional sports. And I really think, too, John, I, I reflected a, a lot on, on David Montgomery and his legacy and, and how proud certainly he would have been to see that ballpark full again. And a lot of the, a lot of the, the tone that he set um, by the way that he treated people throughout his career and, and the, the organizational ethics surrounding the Phillies and, and just that, that customer service, making sure that every fan was cared for, every member of the organization was cared for. I know how proud Bonnie Clark is of that legacy, and you could talk to Bonnie about that. And I, I just think that there was a lot of David Montgomery in the way that that playoff unfolded and certainly he's looking down proud about about how it looked i'm sure but i i really think that 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 way of treating people that david always championed being such a great citizen of philadelphia for so long i, I think a lot of that was there in, in the air I, I think in october at citizens bank park and i'm sure a lot of those threads of the way that david always treated people are still very much alive uh, as part of his legacy that is very well said i'll always remember dave that he would remember our photographers' names, every single person that came to cover the team or worked around the team, he knew everybody's name. And I think I, I agree with you, man. Baseball is back in Philly. I had some friends tell me they brought their sons or little kids for the first time, and now the kids want to play baseball. So it's almost like an awakening for Philadelphia with baseball again. I love hearing that. It's, it's a great city. It's one that's always been so welcoming to me when I've been there and one that I always look forward to. When I see Philly on my schedule, John, I'm always excited. It's, just, it's a great baseball town, great sports town with just incredibly passionate, welcoming people. So uh, I, I already can't wait to be back there in 2023. It's going to be the place to be, hopefully. Uh, great job on MLB Network, NBC Sports, Peacock, Multimedia. John Morosi, we really appreciate And Philly is following your every word with this Trey Turner situation. <laughs> John, thank you so much. But we'll hope to catch up around the winter meetings as well. All the best to you and your family. You got it, John. Take care. Thank you. Oh, I'm so flagrant.